What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to Stacking Slabs. This is your hobby content alternative. I'm your host, Brett McGrath. I collect sports cards and have a podcast about collecting sports cards. We are just going and going and going down the tracks on this parallel series. I'm having so much fun. Have these conversations, learn something. But I think one of my favorite parts has been all the cards that have been shared via Instagram people tagging me at Stacking Slab, seeing some of the hobby's best cards in conjunction with these episodes. It's like a companion piece. You sharing your cars accompanies each of these episodes. Today, we're talking about platinum medallions out of Ultra, and I have Nat Turner on the damn show to share his passion and insights on this parallel that he loves. We are talking to Nat as the collector we're getting inside, deepening in the weeds. He says so many interesting things about his own collecting and why platinum medallions are a part of it. I think you're really going to enjoy this episode. If you like what I'm doing over here, follow, subscribe, hit all the buttons. But most importantly, tell a damn friend that you're enjoying the Stagging Slabs podcast. Let's kick into the conversation. All right. So when the parallel train continues today and we're focusing in on 90s and so many times uh, today's guest has been referenced by uh, other people coming on the show. And I said to myself, you know, what? let's just you know reach out and have them on. So I'm excited. I'm joined by Nat Turner, CEO and chairman at Collectors, but also massive collector. Um, Nat, welcome in. How are you? Thanks. Yeah, doing doing great. Love talking about cards. <laughs> I've watched plenty of your um, conversations from afar, and uh, I understand that about you. So I think it'll be fun digging into platinum medallions specifically today. But I kind of wanted to like start here, just because like I've been doing this show for uh, like three and a half, almost four years now, and I can't tell if if there was like a ticker that said like mentions. Your Flickr page would probably be like the most mentioned thing in terms of like collectors coming on the show, looking through your Flickr, yeah. um, getting inspired. Um, I guess like, how does that make you feel? I'm sure you don't like set out to like inspire other collectors through your own collecting, but like, yeah. what's that been like? I, I think it's awesome. Um, I've kind of, to be honest, I, I, well, I still scan every card. So, I mean, since 2003, when I started doing LeBron graded at the time, BGS nine, five cards, I would scan front and back every single card in an Epson's right over here. You can see it back there. <laughs> uh, Epson, an Epson V 600 scanner. I'll, it's, but um, front and back, I do four at a time front and back. And then I literally manually in Photoshop cut the front and the back and then I merge them into one file, save it. Let me go to Flickr and see how many times I've done that. And I know I could have, you know, I, I know how to program too. Like I could have done that. I've done it 20,264 times. <laughs> and so, but it's a therapeutic thing for me. And so, and then I use Flickr. A lot of people back in 03 were using like PhotoBucket. Flickr was better at albums uh, and then like bulk editing, I found like, like being able to say, okay, all of these go in this album or whatever. And then I would use it more as like an inventory tracking system. So if a card was in an album, I still owned it. That's kind of, and then if I sold or traded it, I would comment and then remove it from said album. And that was like, still to this day, like the way I know I have like certain cards is because of Flickr, but I stopped, I still scan an image uh, or, and then do the Photoshop thing every 
every day. Most of my cars I send to the PSA vault now where the images are done automatically. So it's, it takes some of the fun out of it, but I stopped making the new photos public in Flickr because I had, unfortunately, I mean, people have asked like, why are you not updating it? I am, but you just can't see it. The reason is uh, I had some folks stealing images and like, I would see them on eBay and people are like, do you still own this card? It just, so if you can still see images on there, I just haven't gotten to making them private. <laughs> but it's 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 sad because you know the, uh, there's just too much. I, I it was it was happening like monthly, you know, where people were basically and I, I I should go back and put watermarks over them, I guess, but it just got too annoying. So, but anyway, I love it. And Flickr, I used to be able there's not as much of a community as there used to be. It's more Instagram now, but you could do like like I would search for cards and message with like I'd have like messages going back and forth with folks. That's really moved to Instagram, but yeah. Anyway, I feel like my your brand to me as a collector. I know you collect a lot of different things, but I feel like your brand is like '90s rare and scarce basketball cards. Like you've got a sick LeBron collection, all this. But uh, it seems to me that, especially with just nostalgia and you know that moment where we were wearing starter jackets and champion oh, yeah. jerseys and watching all this stuff, like that has people our age, like that's why they collect certain cards now, just because of that fondness and memory. I'm curious, like if you're walking the national floor or you're in meetings at different other shows, like do people come up to you and, and talk about just like what your collection, what you're posting in terms of the 90s stuff and talk, share, share any insights with you on like, you know, this seeing your, all your cards over here helped me think differently about what I'm doing, anything like that. Yeah, the the thing, yeah, not, I mean, a lot of it is, you know, hey, you know, I'm looking for this card or does this look real? And I'm not like, there's people way better than me at that, you know, like I'm not a grader or an authenticator. Um, but I mean, I know the basics, you know, like with Flare legacies and PMGs and like, but you know, like there's people who know way more than I do about, you know, the the authenticity of a lot of these cards and I seek their opinion a lot. But, uh, you know, the, the, the thing that's pretty consistent is people like I'm really big into set collecting. You know, there's a lot of player collectors and I'm a player collector, too. Like I love Jordan and Kobe and LeBron or whatever. But, you know, like I'm really into sets like like we'll talk about platinum medallions and PMGs. Like I've been doing that for a long time, like decades. And there's not as many set collectors in 90s. Like the, the set collecting is largely vintage baseball and football and those vintage cards like the 50s, 60s and, and pre-war stuff. And so the 90s, like, I'd say if there's anyone that ever is like, oh, I've learned something, it's that folks are are chasing sets from the 90s and not just base sets or parallel sets, but even like insert sets or insert parallels, um, like rare stuff or sometimes not even rare stuff, but just, you know, they're doing it on the set registry. They're doing it, you know, either in checklist or I, um, I'll show you in a minute if you want. I've got, I'm now doing, it's a little blasphemous, but I'm doing raw sets now. As I've completed graded sets, I'm like, well, I want to, you know, one of each, but raw. I'm starting with refractors, Topps Chrome 96 through 98, and also Atomic Refractors, Bowman's Best, 96 and 97. I'll do 98 at some point. They're just serial numbered and harder to find. But um, yeah, I mean, the set collecting angle is probably what I hear the most of like, oh, that's, you know, like I remember doing the PMG Red set, like starting 15 years ago. And I was the only one even like, you know, doing that. Now it's awesome. There's like eight or nine people trying, you know, two of which I think have completed it other than me. And that's what that's awesome. That's what it's about. We're going to we're going to get into platinum medallions, but just I got to hit on like the PMG set collecting. Yeah. Did, if you, you've you been doing it for 15 years, did you realize like 
Like what inspired that when you started doing it? Did you realize at the time that it was going to be probably as significant of a build as it is or it has been? Um, like what what inspired that activity? Because it, it is absurd to just think about like that undertaking, especially now. And I'm sure when you started it, like not as many people were talking about PMGs as they are today. Well, PMG Reds and Greens, I mean, it's it's a special set for me. It's probably my most personal nostalgic set. I've shared before, like I, I pulled a Carrie Kittles PMG Green in 1997 or 8 at a card shop called The Dugout in Igor's Dugout in um, Texas where I grew up. And I traded it for store credit. But that feeling, I remember the card was upside down in the pack. You know, I'm flipping through. You think it's the base card upside down. You're like, why is it upside down? And then you flip it over. It's, I mean, that moment is just burned into my brain. And so from a nostalgic perspective, I've always wanted to reconnect with that moment. And and the PMG mm. Greens is my, you know, bridge or whatever, you know, more than anything other than maybe like Steve Francis cards from 99 and the Vince Carter 98 Top Scrum Refractor, which I never owned, but was my like dream card. I now own it, but at the time I didn't. Yeah, so I think back then the PMG Reds, it was special. I ended up acquiring a Duncan Green and a Trace McGrady Green. Both were already graded by PSA. This was probably 2008, no, maybe 2007. And it was a very expensive purchase for me relative to how much money I had. Like it was probably half of what I you know, had in the bank. And so, and I remember I was like, wow, I already own two of the hardest greens from the set. Like, there's only 123 or whatever cards in the set. Like, like, you know, let's, you know, why not? And I, and at the time, like a Gary Payton, that was the next one I bought was on eBay. It was like 3,200 bucks. Like that's a lot of money, but like, you know, today it's like 10 times that. Right. So at the time it felt more accessible. So it wasn't Mm -hmm. as crazy. And the reds, by the way, were like, it took me a lot longer to complete the red set than guys have completed it lately. Like Glenn Robinson was the, my last one. It took me like a year and a half to find it. I had all of them, but him for like a year and a half, but like those were going for like a hundred bucks, 150 bucks each. So like, it wasn't, you know, like just to put it in perspective, it wasn't that, you know, crazy. The the hard part was just finding the card. It wasn't the value, yeah. you know, like, like I said, for whatever reason, Glenn Robinson was like hard to find. So what I love about just like that, and we'll just use that to go into uh, ultra and platinum medallions. But the fact that like there are these moments in time and these memories that you have that have inspired your action years later, collecting activity years later. And when I think about the products that we grew up ripping and cards, like definitely Ultra and Flare Ultra is was one of those sets that like remind me of going into yeah. the local card yeah. store. Maybe just talk a little bit about ultra and flare ultra as a brand and kind of what you think it means to cards yeah so i remember ultra really starting in 96 i mean obviously there's ultra prior to that but i was doing baseball cards largely up until 96 and i mean there's ultra and baseball too but i was more of like upper deck and you know like the kind of older sets like Fleer and whatever. I wasn't, you know, I was really young. I was like seven. Well, yeah, I was seven and 93 when, and I remember 93 well, because that's when finest came out in baseball and like, it was an expensive pack. And then you get to 96 and it was Kobe's rookie year, right? Allen Iverson. And I was in Houston and we actually won a championship when Jordan retired, you know, actually two, I think if I recall. And I, I remember being, you know, 
all, all of a sudden, everyone in Houston, every kid, instead of collecting, not every kid, but instead of collecting baseball cards, we started collecting basketball cards. And Ultra was a set that in 96 was actually relatively accessible cost-wise. You know, Topps Chrome and Bowman's Best were, and Flare, Flare Showcase were, were actually very expensive relative, you know, to Metal and Ultra. And there were a few others like Fleer and Hoops that were cheaper and Upper Deck even. Upper Deck was a little more expensive, if I remember. EX was crazy. I remember that. Um, and so Flare Ultra to me, and the imagery, like I know every card, like, you know, what it, like the, to me, Ultra just had a much cooler look to it. it. had the really cool kind of like cursive, you know, names kind of in diagonal on the bottom. And and to me, it was actually one of the first sets that I discovered non-refractor parallels. Mm. 93, I was very familiar with the refractor parallel. Uh, 94, I actually had the 94, some of the basketball refractors, like just shitty ones, pardon my language. But in Ultra, I pulled a gold medallion Kobe, uh, not the base card, not the primary rookie, but the um, the the later in the set, subset. And, you know, it has the little cloud and, you know, it says platinum medallion edition. I pulled the gold. And I, I remember being really obsessed with the golds, you know, because it was the first, like I said, non-refractor parallel that I was exposed to. Um, and it, there was this rumor back then, the dealers would tell you, oh, they're not serial numbered, but there's only like 250 made. And I don't know if you remember that. And so it was this like kind of mystique of like, oh, like we don't know, maybe there's only 20 of these. But, you know, because like it wasn't serial numbered. So you can kind of like make up your own little story about it. And I remember seeing the Kobe platinum base rookie at a show and being, you know, and it, the lettering is, you know, kind of sparkly and like, it really blows you away. And Jordan, I mean, it's just 96. I mean, 97 is my 97, 98 is my favorite basketball set year. Jordan's last championship, but also I think cards just peaked like pinnacle of design and serial numbers and inserts and just awesome stuff in that year. But 96 is kind of where a lot of it started, you know, serial numbering and these parallels. But yeah, that's what I remember. I mean, I'm trying to remember specifically if I owned any. Those were, I mean, the, the packs were accessible, but the Platinums were really hard to pull. I remember seeing them in shows, really. And that was about it. So so I want to hit just like the three parallels um, that existed within that product. But you said yeah. something that I want to hit on because I think it's interesting. And uh, I, I'm curious that if this, th something similar might happen today, as you described, when there were basketball championships won where you lived and you said people pivoted over from like being baseball collectors to basketball collectors. And all of a sudden like you were hooked and that's what you've been riding that train ever since. Now those moments that happen where your team wins a championship or a player transcends, you know, a sport, like how important do you think those moments are just in sports and in collecting and driving kind of the industry activity. I think it's really important. I mean, I think you look back to Tops in 1952, who was a, you know, that was Tops first year. I mean, there was the Redbacks or whatever the year before, but really Tops's marquee like inauguration was in 1952 and like it just so happened Mickey Bannell, you know, came out that year. Um, you look at Fleer in 86 for basketball. Uh Michael Jordan, you look at Tops Chrome, first Tops Chrome in basketball, who was it? Kobe Bryant. Look at Exquisite, 03, LeBron. Like you have these, and these these debuts really make the sets. Mm. Um, and so I think from a player perspective, it's super valuable. 
you know, for a set to be paired with a major debut, major player's debut, it really makes the set. And my opinion, look at Upper Deck, Ken Griffey, like, holy crap, I forgot that one. And so, like, I think those are big moments. But yeah, for for championships and, and World Series, whatever, I mean, it's, it's uh, at least from a personal perspective, it definitely can cement, you know, what you collect what you care about. Like I said, with basketball for me, you know, that's, it was because the Rockets did well and Kobe was a rookie and it was, you know, all of a sudden incredibly exciting to go into card shops and chase these, you know, like you had that, like, what is that? Like top three rookie class of all time. Like you have 96, 03, and then 84, right. Maybe 82 with, or 1980 as well with, you know, Larry Bird and, and magic, but like, you know, those are really big, moments that kind of like make a year and we've been missing that in basketball for like five Hmm. years up until now you had zion a little bit but really prior to that it was luca and trey but like since then it's been really boring right and like now all of a sudden we're freaking out i just wish the manufacturers could get back to their schedules where like we could be opening wimby cart like cards to chase wimby like right now yeah all we have is like french professional jersey cards of him you know what i mean just doesn't hit the same it doesn't hit the same. You wait a year and like we're going to be opening flawless for Wimby in like 25. <laughs> Wimby's actually here in Indianapolis today. And I'm like, I'm, yeah, I, I'm here on I'm Wednesday like, in New York. Oh, is, are you going? I can't. I'm going to be out of town. Yeah. Yeah. Be, yeah. Unfortunately for PSA, but that's, yeah, it's all good. Uh, before we get into platinum, I want to hit, we talked about the golds a little bit. And maybe there's been this thread that has come up in all these conversations when we talk about like the best cards in 90s and there's like a a contingent of the hobby that like maybe neglects the one of ones or the masterpieces just because like only one person has them or they've never been seen maybe share some perspective on that because i know you've got plenty of masterpieces in inside your collection they're a part of this product yeah talk talk a little talk about that yeah well they weren't in 96 holy crap how cool that have been to have a kobe rookie one of one you know like oh i can only imagine but um they were in 97 and 98. The 98s are way cooler than the 97s. The 97s look just like the platinum medallions on the front and on the back. I love how Fleer Skybox back then used purple as their like mm. specialness, you know, so the lettering. And I just, I always love, I have a smile on my face from it. Like the only one of one masterpiece, like instead of doing like the one of one, you know, which is kind of doesn't give enough, you know, drama to like what you just pulled. You know, that's how you can tell it's on the back. And I think 97 masterpieces are super cool. They're not as cool as 98 because the 98s are purple on the front. Mm. And it's very obvious you pulled something crazy special. The 97s are a lot more subtle. But I mean, masterpieces are just, I mean, that's to me, like it doesn't get much more 90s than that. You know, you know, they really put a lot of time into that branding and, and design of them. Again, my only wish is they had done it in 96. I, the same with Flip Flare Showcase. I mean, they didn't have one of ones until 97 and Flare Showcase either. You know, 96 Kobe Flare Showcase one of one would have been bonkers. But anyway, yeah. The one issue in 98 is there are, and we actually see this now, it's on eBay. I own a Grant Hill one of one masterpiece from Ultra 98. Mm. One. There's another one on eBay right now. There are two legit copies of a lot of those cards there's no distinguishing difference between them and they're not sheet cut and, and stamped post-market. Like they're legit. Uh, most likely replacement copies from Fleer Skybucks that, that, that got out and they weren't destroyed. The, the, you know, don't really know. We see a lot more of that in baseball. Like I saw, we, we know there's two uh, Jeters. Um, I actually used to own one and then there's two A-Rods, I think if, if I'm remembering correctly. So yeah, it's annoying in 98 that the, you know, 
the Clear Skybox bankruptcy likely led to a few legit copies getting out or sloppy practices led to, you know, replace the original not being damaged, uh, being destroyed and then the replacement both being out there. But yeah. So you, you've defined yourself as a set collector and we're going to talk about your platinum medallion collection. Um, but how do you think about those masterpieces in terms of your own collection? Like, do you have a list of oh, yeah. masterpieces that you would love to have and you that keeps you up at night? How does that fit in no. knowing that it's such a pain in the ass to get these things? Yeah, you can't, you can't, you'll drive yourself crazy. So what I do, it's very opportunistic. There's a bunch of uh, one-on-ones that I love. My favorite is actually 98 Metal Gym Masters. Pretty hard to beat the design of that. I think it's probably the, the prettiest masterpiece parallel one of one parallel i mean top scrim super fractors are pretty nice from like 04 309 like but it doesn't get much better than gym masters 98 so uh, it's opportunistic as one pops up i try and buy it or trade for it i mean it, you know I, there's no checklist you, you, you again you'll drive yourself there's no world where you could ever complete a one of one masterpiece complete set a i don't think a lot of them survived you know but b it's impossible because you know, you got to track them down. The cost is crazy. There's player collectors. So as they become available, I pick them up. 97 Ultra is definitely in that category. 98 Ultra, 98 Metal, um, Super Fractors, Tops, Chrome, 04 through 09. I love 03, one of ones, just because it's LeBron's rookie year. You know, like, I don't care if it's UD Victory or like, you know, Flare Final Edition. I think they're all cool. But yeah, I don't really collect the 99 through 02 stuff as much. Here and there. The 99 rubies are super cool. Man, I wish they had rubies masterpieces. That would have been awesome. But yeah, just, you know, they're, they're special sets to me. And if I, if the masterpiece pops up, I'll try and grab it. But it's hard. I mean, you get, there's always a player collector, you know, who will pay more than you. So yeah. No doubt. So hitting platinum medallion, uh, to me, the thing that stands out about these cards that why I think they're so cool is, You've got just the the photography and the design of the name, the sketching yep. of the name, and then you've got uh, you know the print run of a hundred copies, which I think makes it accessible. Ninety seven or which year? Yeah, uh, ninety seven. Yeah. 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 Yep. I don't know. I find that the most collectible cards are that the hobby seeks is when you've got like this great designer photography plus like a serial numbering yep. that's you know accessible. I don't know. Why, why do you think Platinum Medallion are still relevant today? Um, well, again, it was one of the first serial numbered parallels. Ultra is an iconic set. You know, if I had to pick like top five most iconic sets from the 90s, like it would be on there. Um, Tops Chrome, obviously up there, finest. But like, you know, Ultra Platinum Medallion, I mean, it's Platinum is a, is a rare earth element, I suppose. I'm, I'm not a, you know, expert on the <laughs> on that, that side of the house but like obviously platinum everyone knows of from like a jewelry perspective and it, like it's it's a just like precious metals you know the emeralds and the rubies i mean platinum is is it's kind of in that same theme the use i don't know the branding of medallion using that word also gave it a sense mm. of value um but again i think it was introduced well you know with the allure and in, in 96 you know with kobe um, I think in 98, 97, excuse me, when they numbered to a hundred was very clever because it serial people love serial numbers. I mean, it, you know, you can confidently say there's only a hundred of these in the world, but yeah, I think you pair that with Fleer Ultra's photography and the fact that they did horizontal and, and vertical cards landscape view, which I thought was really clever. I mean, not every set did that. Um, Topps Chrome did that in 96, which was awesome, but 
you know, I think it was, they, they really put an emphasis on photography and then the design where the card, especially in 97 became much more distinguishable from the base card. Like arguably in 96, you had the little cloud platinum medallion or gold medallion edition, you know, moniker. And then it really was just the player logo or excuse me, the player font text. And then the logo of Flare Ultra was slightly sparkly. You could totally miss that in a pack if you were flipping through the cards in 97 that was a pivot towards like oh this is a real parallel that looks different than the base card and and i think that was special and again i think it helped jordan was in the set that's a big deal and kobe so i mean it's it's yeah that's what i would say and then i, I actually kind of like how they mixed it up in 98 and went to night out of 99 um instead of 100 like they made it you know like they just made it a little different uh which was cool but um yeah what i'd say so in doing the 90s parallels, it's inevitable without any prompting, Jordan's name's going to come up, right? Yeah, it's yeah. Michael Jordan. Um, where do you think 97, 98, Platinum Medallion, Michael Jordan, where do you think these cards, like where do these sit in terms of like the the pantheon of Michael Jordan cards? Like are they like super important, semi-important, moderately? Like where where does it stack rank for you? Platinum Medallion? I mean, they're top 10. I don't think they're top five it's so hard to say top five because you have the refractor stuff, like the finest embossed refractor from 97. You know, you've got like, you've got these crazy rare things. Well, that one's out of 74, but it's still crazy rare. And, you know, you got like molten metal titanium fusion out of 40. Like you got some stuff that you just have to include in the top five. And, but like, to me, the 90, I wouldn't say the 98, but the 97, the 98 is awesome. The, the horizontal one. But like technically he wasn't playing. It was a strike year. Mm. You know, he had technically retired. I, I kind of discount his 98, 99 stuff. A little blasphemous, but 97, 98, as I said already, is like the peak of basketball, 90s especially. Jordan's last year, last championship, last year with the Bulls. I mean, I know this card so well. Like that the 90, the 97 Ultra Platinum is is top 10 for me for Jordan, I would say. Yeah. So you tugged on a, a thread that um I've been kind of sh- teeing up for responses that I think is really good. And it's yeah. this uh, post-playing day versus active playing day cards yeah. and the value and how we treat them. Um, and I find it interesting. Um, you know, I think you playing day cards versus post-playing day cards are still, a, a, there's a separation. We should, we oh, yeah. should understand that, but uh, should, should we on cards and it can be this Michael Jordan card or it can be cards in general. Should we completely discount, post-playing day cards or not treat them anywhere close to the level of playing day cards? Like, what is your position on that? I highly discount. I mean, well, not 98 is tough because it's like the strike year. It's a little complicated. And, you know, he technically was retired, but or he came back. You know, there's like he has, you know, it's, it's complicated with Jordan. But like, for example, 03 exquisite Jordan, like I totally discount. Mm. And like he had like an 06 car. I mean, it's just the guy's retired. Like, and I know these manufacturers are pumping their channels with veteran cards to, to be able to have more packs and more boxes. Like, you know, I pulled a Dennis Rodman out of prism, you know, like that's, you know, lame if I'm being honest. So <laughs> yeah. But like, you know, that the, the 98 stuff, it's borderline, like Jordan just retired or, you know, the bulls just broke up technically. And, um, you know, and it was a strike year. I mean, there's some grayness there, but it's really close to when he was playing. So it's different. I kind of collect Jordan up to like, oh, 2000, 2001. 
And then I then I do some of his wizard stuff, like finest refractor, finest golds from O2. I don't really start touching his stuff after O2 because like technically, I mean, he was retired after what, 2002, 03 season, if I'm remembering correctly. And then LeBron came in. So yeah, that that's that's how I view it. So what is everyone, your everyone has their own? I mean, you can, you know, that's just totally yeah. so everyone's got their own take. I was curious on yours. What is your platinum medallion collection look like today? Like, what does it consist of? Yeah. And by the way, before I, I have to plug the 98 greats subset from 97. It's an awesome subset. Jordan, super cool card. And I think it's like 259 or 260 in the set. I, I forget. But like, that's an awesome set. You know, it's it's part of the base set, but the Platinums, it's hard to tell because it's such a dark design, but they're mm. really cool. Um, so my set, so I'm doing, I, I'm two cards away from being done in 97, 98. I need the David Robinson and Stefan Marbury 98 greats um, Platinums. I actually have the David Robinson one of one 98 greats, which is annoying because it looks just like, as I said before, the <laughs> the Platinum Medallion. But it's not. And so and it doesn't fill that, you know, that set or that row, you know, for for the set in the set registry. I am doing 96, I should add. Uh, it's super hard. I find it much harder. Those cards are way less accessible. I don't know that rumor of of, you know, there being 250 of them. I I, I want to think it's actually a lot less than that. But yeah, I I, I don't know you know, that for sure. But I am doing that set. Uh, I'm, I'm not very far along at all. Maybe halfway through, if that. Um, they're all, they're way more condition sensitive, I find, 96 than than 97 and 98. So like, my, I'm averaging like a PSA 6 or 7. 90, so, so I'm two away on 97. And then on 98, I just looked earlier, I'm 21 cards away. That set's actually harder than 97 as well. There's one fewer per, but for some reason, they're a lot rarer. There are also a lot fewer in the set. I think there was like 125 of those. And there's well over 200. I want to say close to 300 in the 97 set. So it's just a lot harder to find those. I, I just struggle with it. I did pull a Dennis Scott uh, 98 Platinum, which I needed, funny enough, um, out of a box uh, not so long ago, uh, which was really cool. But yeah, that's where I stand. So I'm trying to do 96, 97, and 98 sets. I've got all the big, I've got the Jordans and Kobe's from all three years. So maybe you can uh, not make the big ones a part of this question. I'm um, curious what just in the platinum medallion parallel, what are some of the players or cards that stand out to you in terms of favorite, my favorite one across all three years is Tim Duncan 97. I just remember that card so well as a kid. The base, the rookies, you know, 98, they had the different design for the rookies with the bottom board um, section with Vince Carter and Dirk. Like I remember those cards well, but 97, they didn't technically have a different design. They just said rookie. And then, but all the players were in like a rookie shoot portrait for the most part. And Duncan's is a portrait. And like, it just looks so great with the silver design, the platinum medallion design. Tracy McGrady's is great too, where he's like laying down or it's like a kind of a, you know, like you probably remember that card too. Um, but you, you get them confused. I think it was like a Donald foil and some others like had the same pose that the photographer put them in. So you thought you had Tracy, but you didn't, but yeah, Tracy and Duncan are a pretty iconic rookie duo. And I, I feel the same way about PMGs. Like those were their rookie cards and PMGs are awesome. But, um, yeah, those two Kobe 96 is so hard to beat 98 Vince. I gotta be, like I said earlier, I gotta put that on there. 
they're sitting at like a table or something, all the rookies and their photos. And, you know, but again, they had 98 ultra. They went with a different design, which I thought was really cool. But yeah. I'd put those Jordan 98. I like the, Oh, sorry. I got to go Rodman 98. Was that the, or was it 97 where he's like stretched? He's doing the rebound mm. completely parallel to the ground. I think that's 98. Yeah. That one's, that one's pretty iconic. So can you let us into, um, do you have a def- any process or is it just shaking trees of other collectors who have these cards when there's a card that you need to complete a set? Like, or like, what, what are you doing to try to fill that hole? Um, it's, it's pretty hard. I I've got feelers out. I mean, I, I have a lot of thankfully friends in the hobby who look out for me for various sets. I am on eBay multiple hours a day, golden, every, every site that, you know, I'm, you know, like, like any hardcore collector, I'm scouring auctions and whatever. Uh, Instagram's super helpful. You know, I get, mm-hmm. 20, 30 DMs a day from folks saying, hey, do you need this? Uh, I just picked up a Donner's Crusade card I needed, red baseball card. I've, I've gotten a lot of stuff through Instagram DMs. Uh, set, PSA set registry is helpful. You know, I get a bunch of DMs or emails, really, messages from folks from there, or I reach out to them. Like I noticed they haven't updated their set in a while. And I'll say, hey, you know, I'm not, not begging, but like if you ever, you know, decide to give up on the set or whatever, like just let me know and, you know, Either then or later, they'll, you know, they'll say, actually, you know, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about selling it or trading it. Um, so it's a combination of all those things. Shows aren't that helpful for 90s. Mm. I, I wish there were more. I mean, I walk the national. I'm looking for 90s. Like I'll find boxes, but unopened boxes. But you, you don't really find rare raw cards. I mean, every now and then, but it's pretty, you know, if you do, they're going to be priced too high, as I found. So let's maybe close it out here. I'm curious, and I'm not sure this was intentional but we've done pmgs we've done rubies we've done credentials in this series and now we're doing platinum medallions uh, it just feels like platinum medallions might be below those that i just mentioned but yeah curious what, where you think platinum medallions fit in the conversation of 90s best parallels um i mean like i said i think they're definitely top 10 i think you could argue potentially top five i mean rubies pmgs are hard to beat you know they're rarer uh you know than both Fleer ultra it kind of hurts that Fleer ultra was a very accessible set you know it's a cheaper pack well i have the boxes up here i could tell you what the pack pack prices were for everyone for everyone listening <laughs> i'm looking at nat's wax wall which is completely absurd what, what do you do just like randomly treat yourself and say i'm gonna rip a box and see what happens uh not not usually you know i mean every now and then i'll do that i mean i definitely <laughs> open a lot of boxes but you know i'm not Usually not the big stuff. It doesn't have the pack MSRPs on here, but um, yeah, here's the night. Here's like the old 97s and 98s. Wow. Um, yeah, but I, like, again, it was. It's kind of. It, it's it's got a brand of a cheaper product. Um, you know, because they're they're not Chrome cards, I guess. And so, you know, for that reason, I think it it gets some some crap. You know, but like rubies are not Chrome either. But they just they're rare, and I don't know. It just has a different different feel to it. It's Skybox Premium. I mean, it was more of a slightly more expensive product, I think, if I'm remembering correctly. I might have that wrong, but I don't know. I think it's a top 10 set. I I, I could argue top five, but it'd be tough. Um, I think it's between five and 10, if I had to guess. Yeah, that's what I would say. I hope everybody enjoyed this conversation about platinum medallions and such. Nat, thank you so much for making time to share your passion and knowledge of 90s cards. Uh, we'll have to do this again. My pleasure. No problem. It was nice to talk with Matt in that setting, getting his insights on 
Platinum Medallions, their placement in the hobby, why he loves them, talking about the just differences year over year. And maybe my favorite part was just talking about Ultra as a product and how that gives us so much nostalgia. Are you a Platinum Medallion collector? Do you have cards? If you do, I'd love to see them. Post those on Instagram and tag me at Stacking Slabs. Take care of yourself. Take care of others around you. Happy collecting. We'll talk to you soon.